And we are back with one of the most beautiful men in Livingston Parish. <laughs> uh, as individuals can see who might be watching this, if you're listening, I'll do my best to describe the flowing locks that are emitting from Assessor Jeff Taylor's ha- head uh, as he as he's growing out his hair. Uh, so good morning, sir. We appreciate you coming by the office to join us for a podcast today. We're going to be talking about a range of topics, but let's start off with the hair. So go ahead and introduce yourself so those who are listening will will know which voice to uh, give to you, and then tell us about the hair. Okay, well, I'm Jeff Taylor. I'm the Livingston Parish Assessor, and the reason I came in a little bit late this morning, it took me a little while to do my hair. <laughs> uh, before I started growing my hair, it was just a five, ten-minute deal. I just put gel in and gone, and now it's to a situation where I have to spend a little time to even make it, it's not decent, but I have to make it presentable. And so my wife's big complaint is that we don't have any gel, we don't have any hairspray, anything in the house, and I need to be out of the bathroom so she can get ready. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm doing this for St. Jude, mm-hmm. and uh, the we're raising money, and the hair I will donate to uh, uh, Cancer Society so they can uh, make wigs out of it. Uh, yeah. Hopefully that's going to work. They're going to check me in August to make sure that it's still on course. Uh, I've got another year of this. It'll be another full year and two months before I can cut it. Oh, wow. uh, if they if they allow it to to be used. Okay. And so um, it's not one of those things that, that um, uh, I, I know that is challenging looking at it uh, at best, but uh, I think it's for a good cause. Sure. We're, we're, we're raising some good money. We've got a lot of people that are, are have bought into it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've even got people now that are saying that they will donate if I cut it. So we're having competing. So they will be able to do that next uh, April. They will be able to donate when I cut it. Sure. So it's going to be it's for a good cause. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Hootie Lockhart had talked to me about doing it. His son, Monroe, many know that he had leukemia and he spent a lot of time up at St. Jude. Trevor Van Pran out in uh, the Holden area. He had uh, spent a lot of time at St. Jude. So I'm doing it for them. It's for a good cause. And so if I have to look ridiculous for another year, I'll just look ridiculous for another year. Well, I, I, I'm serious. I don't necessarily think you look ridiculous. I mean, it's just. It's flowing right there onto your <laughs> on your coat jacket. So, uh, how how much has it grown? Uh, you used to keep it short. It, it was, uh, you know, my hair was tight, and people mm-hmm. used to always say I cut it a little bit too short, but it was just easy. Uh, we measured it the other day, and it's about five to five and a half inches. It's okay. got to be at least twelve inches before they'll cut it. Okay. So you will start to see me in a ponytail. You will start to see me with my hair pulled further back, uh, but. That's how I'm going to have to do it because it's just my hair is so fine that if any wind hits it, it blows all over the place. So eventually I will have to do it. Um, I went to work the other day in a ponytail and to break my office in to let them see it. Uh, I also almost made it to church the other day in the ponytail. I got to the front steps and pulled the ponytail out because I just couldn't do it yet. <laughs> not not um, yet, huh? Not yet. Um, most of y'all know that my dad was a minister, my mom, minister's wife, and as I was walking up the steps, I got to thinking my dad would flip if <laughs> he saw this. And so, um, but eventually in the next three, four weeks, I, I will start wearing it on a ponytail to make it a little more presentable. I got you. And, you know, br- Brother Delmas, Father Delmas, however you want to mm-hmm. say it, you know, he was a giving man. We've mm-hmm. talked about that in the past. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe he'd be able to, to stomach it a little bit if he knew uh, what let, you were Let me tell you. He, my, my dad and mom are very missions oriented. Mm-hmm. Their church was built on missions. And all I would have to do is explain to my dad what I was doing. 
and he'd be 100% for it. Now, he would chat, he would tease me about it and all those things every day, but he would be behind me 100% on this. Sure. So, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting when you see things like that because, you know, you, you're in a suit, mm-hmm. but you got this long hair, and, you know, you're trying to balance that look out because you've always been a suit kind of guy, and public, most public officials are, yeah. you know, even here in Livingston Parish. So, uh, kudos to you uh, yeah, for, for you. taking on that. Thank that, you. I don't want to call it a burden, but taking on that that charge. Challenge. Challenge. The cha- charge, the challenge, absolutely. And it, it's been a little bit of a challenge because, like I said, my hair is so fine that it, it, you can't do anything with it. Sure. And people say, why do you do that? I said, give me some suggestions. I'll do anything you tell me except a man bun. <laughs> I'm not going to do the man bun. I'll do the ponytail, but I'm not going to do the man bun. But it's for we a have great cause. We have, we, I have a few standards <laughs> left. Yeah. So, um that's what we're doing, and uh, it's for a good cause. Well, speaking of sacrifice, you know, um, one of the interesting things that, that you have been a part of is you were a member all the way up to president of the Louisiana Assessors Association. Yeah. And, you know, recently they have acknowledged you or awarded you. You earned, you know, there's a lot of different words, and, and I'll get into that in a second. But you were Assessor of the Year. And, you know, First and foremost, let's talk about a little bit how that felt, and then I'm going to ask you a couple of follow-up questions. Okay. I will tell you, the day that they announced it, I was in the back of the room, and I was so not expecting it to be me that I was talking to a couple of different assessors about some legislation that we were uh, putting in for this year's session. Mm -hmm. And so I really wasn't listening. And when I heard my name, I actually thought I was too loud in the back of the room. So I apologized. I said, I'm sorry. I'll hold it out. And so I asked the guy, I said, would you step outside with me so I can talk to you? And they, everybody stopped and they looked and they said, say it again. And she said my name again. I said, I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am. And she went, our assessor of the year is Jeff Taylor. It so caught me off guard that I wasn't expecting it that I had to wait and hear it again because um, that is an extreme honor. Mm-hmm. to come from Livingston Parish, because if you remember 20 years ago, you're a lot younger than me, but 20 years ago, I would go to IAAO meetings, and they would have ways to not do things, and Livingston Parish would be in that group on the board. Sure. Because we had done so bad. Right. And now, all of a sudden, we go to IAAO, and they use us as an example of the things to do, our mapping and our software and everything that we use. And then, all of a sudden, to be named Assessor of the Year, which is the first time that's ever happened in Livingston Parish. I was quite honored. My office uh, goes above and beyond, and they get all the credit. But, you know, they do get the credit, but I, I do want to emphasize that being a part of an association and especially going into the leadership, it provides certain benefits. As you said, you know, you've kind of gotten your name out there. You're able to do some things legislatively for assessors, but it takes sacrifice. Uh, you know, it's it's something that, you know, I think from your past, from your from your parents, it, it's something that they, it's a service. It really is. And a lot of people... Uh, who are not involved in their professional associations probably don't realize how much sacrifice goes into it. Did you ever view it that way, or is it more of this business as usual? It's something I'm going to do. Well, I'll put it to you this way: I, I missed a whole lot of things with my children. Okay. That um, you know, that's a sacrifice because I loved watching my children play ball, 
as much as everybody else does. I love watching my children go to church camp as much as anyone else. But there was a lot of times I was at session making sure that bills were not passed that would be detrimental to the homestead or to businesses coming in and the the reductions and everything that they would get that would immediately impact our homeowners. So we had to be down there making sure that we fought and made sure that we were still on an equal par and fair for our citizens of this parish. And so there was a lot of times that I would have to go into the office way, way earlier than anyone else and then do all my work and then go to the session and it would get out at five or six o'clock and I would go back to the office to finish up the work. So there was many, many times that I was working 12, 13, 14 hours. But as far as a sacrifice, no, because I knew what I was doing was needed and it was something. So I was the, the treasurer, uh, then I was the vice president, and then I was the president. Mm-hmm. And along the way, our presidents, two of them had to resign within, uh, because of personal reasons, they had to resign within like a month and a half of each other. So I went from treasurer to vice president in a month. Right. And then a week later, the next president resigned and I became interim president. And then I went back to being vice president when we got a new president. And then I became president. So for about five years, I was in the leadership. I'm still on the board of directors. I'm on the legislative committee and everything with, uh, with the association. And I was telling you a little bit earlier that uh, for the last five years, setting up conference and everything like that, I had these duties that I had to do, speakers and all that, making sure that everything was done, making sure all the rooms were there, we got enough rooms and everything. This year, because I'm the past president, I am setting up the bracket for the cornhole tournament. <laughs> so I have went from being the person that's getting all the speakers and everything to the bracketology. <laughs> Guy for the association. What's his name? Joe Lunardi. Joe Lunardi. Lunardi. Joe Lunardi. That's exactly right. So I'm making it real pretty. I'm told him I said that we're going to draw it up, and I said it's not going to be one of those just normal brackets. I said we're going to have it set up to be right. So. Good. Good. Well, you know, maybe it's like okay, Jeff, you've done enough. But but here's something. Here's something fun. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted you to answer that, and I, I appreciate that because you know uh, associations take sacrifice. Mm-hmm. They do, but they are important. Uh, because it gives you a collective voice, especially at the legislature, nationally, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So, um, Let me you... say this, McHugh. When I've talked to the legislators, not just ours, I'm talking about legislators around the state, they gave me one of the biggest compliments that I could get collectively from a group. They said, when you came to us, we knew that the information you was bringing us was accurate. It was not fluff. It was the information that we needed to make a decision based on assessor information. You never tried to get off into sheriff business. You never tried to get off in legislative business. You tried to get into assessor stuff. And we knew that when we saw you walking down the hall and you'd have five or six people following you trying to give information, that when you gave us information, it was going to be correct. Right. And that's a compliment because what do we hear a lot of times in politics? Well, you can't trust them. They knew when I told them, they could take it to the bank. They didn't have to go research it. They didn't have to do anything. They knew that I'd already done the research and they could trust it. Right. And that is a big deal. You know, they're having to make a lot of decisions based on a lot of different factors. You mm-hmm. know, they're like like you said, you're bringing assessor information. But as you become uh, as you like to say, you are not the tax collector. You do not determine taxes in terms of you're not passing millages. Mm-hmm. Your job is to determine property value. That's it. And then run the assessment on That's that. That's it. That's all my job is. And so when you go to those legislators and you're saying, from an assessor's point of view, this is what's going on, you know, the sheriff's got his own view. You know, the parish president, parish council have their view. School board has their mm-hmm. view. You're worried about 
your office. I'm worried about assessments. I'm worried about exemptions. If we give out too many exemptions, somebody's got to pay the bill. Mm-hmm. So if we keep on removing people out of the exemptions and everything, the more people we move out, the more your taxes are going to be. So we have to watch those exemptions. They all, everybody's got a cause, and all of them are good. But you got to know that after a while, it's like when the flood happened. I had to balance that between how much reduction I could give and how much the districts needed to survive. Right. I could have just went in there politically. What would have been polit- politically best for me is just going in and say, look, nobody pays taxes this year. All the assessments are zero. Right. That would have been great. Sure. But I knew I couldn't do that because about July, people was going to say, why are we not playing ball at the parks? Why did the sheriff's office not, was he not able to respond to me for two hours? Right. Why did my house burn because we couldn't have a fire department? Why are my roads just terrible? So I knew I had to balance it. And in doing so, I got with the citizens and I got with the districts. And each one of them gave me their lines. This is where they want to be. And I said, this is where we got to be. Sure. And so that's what we did. And it, it worked out well. So, you know, I wanted to ask you uh, one more thing, but I, I, let's segue quickly into a couple of things that you wanted to discuss, which are ongoing programs for relief. We're still talking about the flood, which you just mentioned, and we're also talking about COVID now. Let's start with the flood. Let's go into that first. Okay. Y'all are still offering flood discounts for people who are trying to repair their home. And as you've told me multiple times, we've done, I think this is our third time bringing it up on a podcast, which is okay, because you're still getting calls. Oh, yeah. People are still repairing their home, but now they're inviting you to their home. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about how that's going. They're actually calling because we, we told them we, we've got to verify. You know, I, I just can't take the word that this is done because there are some, a few bad apples ruins the whole bushel. Sure. Uh, so you have to go in there and you have to make sure that what they're telling you is true. But people are inviting us in. Please come look. I don't have walls. I don't have sheetrock up on walls. My floor is not finished. My cabinets. I, I had a lady a few months ago. I don't know exactly how many months ago. She has a house, a decent-sized house, one bedroom, one bathroom, and the kitchen is all she's been able to finish. She had no flood insurance, and she's a single person. So she don't have the extra money to go through there and get everything finished. And everybody's saying, well, she's had time to do it. Okay. I go by value. I don't go by how much it's going to take. I can't sell her house tomorrow. If it would have listed for two fifty before the flood, and now that you don't have any of that finished, is it still worth two fifty? No. No, but if I put it at two fifty, I'm not an assessor, am I? No. I'm just out there saying that this is the rule. Right. I'm an assessor. I go in there and I look at that house. Me and my crews, we go in there and look at that house, and we come back and we take things off that's not supposed to be on there. If you don't have walls, not two fifty. Yeah, you got to take off. How much would it take us to come in here and get the walls? Not only how much would it get to repair it, but if somebody come in here to buy it, would they knock another five or ten percent off because it's not there? It right. may only cost ten thousand to fix it, but they may knock another five percent off. It may say eleven thousand if they go to buy it because they're going to have to go through getting the contractors and everything. So you got to take all of those things into play. Businesses, I've still got businesses that are suffering uh, with their uh, building. Mm-hmm. and some of their business. Now, the business part of it is not my uh, concern on the flood. Sure. The building is. In COVID, the business is part of it because you got personal property involved. So let's go into COVID. Okay. Just go ahead and roll okay. right into COVID, it. COVID, I gave a 10% uh, reduction this past year. Right. I'm going to do that again this year because here we are in March, and we're still rolling. 
the law says, as is January the 1st, is we, we do all assessments based on January the 1st. Right. Well, January the 1st, where were we at? Was we out of COVID? No. No. So why would I go back and take that COVID reduction off for our citizens? Right. It's going to stay. Sure. Now, I'm trying to see if there's more. But all businesses need to call me. If you have a reduction from two, three years ago, then you need to bring that in and let me see it. And we're going to annualize it for you. Last year, we only did it on a half year because COVID started in March. We had to stop our numbers by July the 1st. Right. Well, this year, we're going to know it's a full year. Mm -hmm. So if you got a 20% reduction in your business and your personal property and everything like that, you're going to get a full 20 instead of a 10%. Right. Okay. So it's important that, that people let us know. Don't sit there and assume that we know. We have 140 some thousand citizens in this parish. We've got a lot of businesses. If you don't say anything to us, we think you're okay. Yeah. And we put it on and you come back and say, well, I, I lost this, this, and this. You didn't tell us. Yeah. All you gotta do is pick up the phone. We're there to serve you. We're there to take care. We haven't stopped. Now our office we don't have as many people in our office, but we're still out in the field working. We're going to visit people. We're, we're being very conscientious because if one person in our office gets COVID, it shuts my whole office down. Sure. This is a busy time. Tax season is a busy time. And up until May is a busy time because we got to get all of our numbers ready to get to the districts. Right. So if I get one person to go down, that's it. Right. And then all of a sudden we got to go, what is it now? 10 days, 14 days. And then what if you get right back and you're almost back in there and somebody else says they was exposed and they get it. So we have to be very conscientious about it. So we're running uh, uh, shifts to where these people work this week, you're out in the field. And it's not just a deal where we say you're out in the field, you don't have to come in. You better have, when I call you, you better be out in the field. You better be doing your work and everything like that. And so we haven't had any problems so far and we're finding out we're getting a lot of work done. Sure, sure. And a question about your office, because when you say you shut down, when you're talking about governmental entities, working from home isn't exactly something you can do because most of that data is encrypted. It, it is, but we've got it to where they can go out and do all of their work, and then they come into the office to put it into their, to, to put it to bed, as we call. Okay. But they can still go out and measure houses. Sure, sure, they sure. They can go out and look at houses and make sure that there's damage or whatever. Uh, they can go out and look at new construction. All of those things are things that you don't have to come into the office to do. Sure. And I think COVID has changed our way of thinking on a lot of that because we always thought you got to be at the office at 730. Right. You leave at 530. Well, if you got somebody that's living here in Watson and their jurisdiction is uh, in Livingston, or let's just say they live in Livingston, the jurisdiction is over here in Dunn Springs. Why am I bringing them into the office for 30 minutes just to say they're there. Why not just go straight from their home to that place and start working? So at 7.30 they're working instead of 8 o'clock. Right. So we have found that that has worked great for us because it's adding, when you've got your crews, you got five, six crews, that's adding another two and a half hours per morning and another two and a half hours. So that's given us five hours more for the crews to, to work collectively. And so we find it's working great for us and our supervisors are making sure that all the information is put in correctly and uh, it's just flowing. And that's one of the reasons why you were recognized as Assessor of the Year, wasn't it? Is because, uh, you know, you were talking about years ago, which you and I have discussed, uh, there was upwards of 40 to 60% of structures that weren't even on the rolls. Yeah. They didn't even exist. Yes. One of, the, one of the reasons that you found efficiency with these measurements out in the field is because now we're up to, I believe it's 96%. 96% collection 
and our we uh, on our ratio study we scored in at a 98.8 wow so when they come out and do the spot checks now this is why it doesn't bother me a lot of times when people say that we're crooked and my friends are getting all the deals and everything this is an independent survey that comes in they randomly pull all these things i don't know which ones they're pulling i couldn't go in there and give it to them i can't do all that and when they pull them i'm running 98.8 that's pretty good mm-hmm. now we're going to have some out there that we haven't gotten the accurate information somebody gave it but we're down to 400 structures in this parish that have not had a tape on them so when people come in and they tell me well my neighbor's got the same house and he's paying this much and i go no no he ain't got the same he does not have the same house yes got the same house we built them at the same time everything well you know he does have an extra bedroom in it that's 12 by 12 that's 144,000 square feet i mean 144 square feet well you put that at a hundred dollars a square foot you're talking about another fifteen thousand dollars in assessment it changes the amount of tax you pay Right. The assessment is different. So when you come in, my people are educated. I make sure that they go to classes over and over and over to get certified. They're certified deputy assessors. Mm-hmm. I'm a certified assessor. They're deputy assessors. They know what they're doing. Right. They know how to figure it out. And when you're talking to real estate agents, they're like, man, y'all, y'all got it going out there. Your mapping system is good. And when we call in now, what throws us off a lot of times is land use. People say, I got two acres and he's got six. He's paying less taxes than me. Yeah, because the law, the law says that three acres or more you can use for use value. So I only have to count one acre there and five acres goes in timber. Whereas the one that has two, is it fair? I don't like it, but that's what the law says. The one that says two, if you got land on for 40,000 acre, this guy's got one acre at 40,000. The other is on for timber. And the guy that's got two acres, his is on for 80000 There's a $40,000 difference in assessment. Sure. If you don't like that, don't call me. Call your legislator. Right. Tell them to change the use value. I'm all for it. I'm okay with it. But I follow the law. That's right. why we're at 98.8. And that's why when the, uh, the, the tax commission comes in, they realize we're doing good work. And that's why the, my, the people that knew, the assessors, the ones that knew, Right. They said I knew what I was doing. Right. So a lot of times when somebody comes in and they'll say this assessment's wrong, tell me why. Well, I don't know. I just feel like it's wrong. I can't go by feeling. I have to go by the data. And the data says this is what it is. Right. Okay. So going back to COVID real quick, because you're talking about these different types of assessments, can COVID help residences or well? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I so- gave a 10% COVID discount this year for my residents. As far as I know, McHugh, I've asked, I, I think I'm the only assessor that gave a 10% COVID reduction uh, because we didn't know what was going to happen with the market. We still don't know. The market is hot right now. Mm-hmm. But if the COVID were to keep going, keep going, keep going, people are going to lose their jobs, business is going to close. And what does that do? That affects home ownership. Exactly. And so we don't know. So I've just kept the 10% in there. Mm-hmm. I've kept it, I'm keeping it for the 2021 taxes. I'm going to keep it. So I gave a 10% businesses get an actual reduction right. this year. Last year, they got a 50% off of the, what if they gave a $20,000 reduction, I gave them 10,000 off, uh, 10%. You know, if they had 20%, I gave them 10%. But this year, I'm going to give them 100% of what they have reduced. If they have a 20% loss in revenue, they get a 20%. Right. And 
want to bring something up because it is it, it's important to note. Uh, it's usually you close the books in July, you open the books for review in August, and then usually what first of September you present to the individual mm-hmm. councils about what the real property is before you close the books permanently. Yes. It's important, I think, and, and I want you to confirm this, but it's important to note that, as you said, the real estate market the last three years has been hot. Yes. Hot, 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 hot. And last year it was on fire. I mean, we broke uh, almost 2,500 homes sold. That's a 25% increase right. from the year before. That causes property values to go up. Absolutely. Because average home sales are increasing, and mm-hmm. they were increasing, at, you know, they just barely. A lot. Yeah, they just barely broke. 200,000 in 2019. In mm-hmm. 2020, it was almost 230,000. I mean, for those who are 15% out there, redu- uh, uh, increase. increase. Yeah. And so it's important for people to note that while your property tax bill may have been, might have been the same, part of that's because your property value has increased. Right. Uh, so I'd, I'd like for you to confirm yeah. that for me and, and, and sort of explain that process. Well, you can get the 10% reduction. People say, well, I didn't get a reduction. You actually did. Because without that 10% COVID reduction or without that flood reduction, it would have been this much. Right. You got to also realize that the numbers that I had to use for this reassessment and this getting bogged down into the numbers, but you need to know where they were. The 2020 reassessment, we just did a reassessment in 2020. The numbers I had to use was from July the 1st of 18 through June the 1st of 19. A full year and a half now behind. Right. How much has it increased now, you said? 15%? Yeah, roughly. Okay. So we're behind even then, but that's the numbers that the state says we have to use because i got to cut it off somewhere to be able to get the assessments out. Right. But th- we already know that the houses are 15% higher than they were when I did the, uh, the uh, last reassessment. And everybody's like, well, you, you're just doing it. No, it does not behoove me to make you pay a higher assessment. Right. It does not behoove me. I go back to the people every four years. So why would it be a situation where I'd say, oh, man, let's just go out there and raise them as high as we can. Yeah. No, I'm going to do it by the numbers, and that way I can back my numbers up. Sure. But it is a deal to where they're growing so fast, mm-hmm. and people need to realize that the assessment is going up. Now, where our issue is, the issue is millages. Right. What is supposed to happen when I do my job and put the assessments where they're supposed to be, millages are supposed to do what? Roll back. They're supposed to go down, right? How many did that? Oh, that's a good question. I don't have that statistic off Very the top few. of my I know yeah. I did. Right. You I cut know, yours in half. I cut mine 10%. I, I cut them oh, 10%, 10%. 10%. And so I lowered mine. Right. And I'm going to do it again this year. Right. Because I think people need the break. The school board has some uh, millages that are, are bonds. They automatically go down. Right. Okay. But everyone else, they don't have bonds. So when I come in there and the assessments go up, in 2000, when I walked in the door, our assessed, our assessed value in the parish was $101 million. Mm-hmm. Our parish rose and went to $94 million. We're now at $576 million. So we've had a 475% increase in values in this parish, taxable value. Right. Millages have not moved. Right. Now, our population has only went up 50%. So after a while, you've got to look at it and say, why are you not lowering your millages? Some districts... Here's what I have proposed, and I know you're going to find this shocking, but I've gotten a little bit of blowback from it. But I propose that, say, around the first part of June, we go to the middle part of the parish, which just so happens to be 
according to 4-H, uh, uh, 4-H day, uh, Doyle High School. Okay. But I say we go to Doyle High School in the gym. We open it up to everybody, all the public. Every district comes in there and explains to the public what they're going to do with their millage in front of the public. You don't have 45 different meetings that people can't go to. Right. You have one. I started off as the assessor, and I say, this is what our taxable value is. This is the money I received last year. This is how much money I got. To do this, I'm going to give myself a cost of living adjustment to raise it, and so therefore my millages are going to lower to this amount because I raised the assessments this high. So my millage is going to go from 8.62 to 8. Okay, Jeff's out of the way. Lowering of millages. The next one comes up there. They say, okay, this is what we had. This is what our fuel has went up and everything. Explain it. Don't wait for the assessor to explain it because that's what they want everybody to do. They want to bring that uh, tax notice in, and then I'm the blame. Right. I had nothing to do with it. All I do is put a value. Right. Your millages were not lowered. If everybody would have lowered their millages 10% this year, you would have had a 10% COVID discount. You would have had a 10% millage discount. You would have had a lot of reduction on your tax bills. Right. Ask yourself, did you get that reduction? And if right. you didn't, why? Who wants to go with me the first part of June out to Doyle and invite all the districts in to let them explain? I, I'd imagine nobody. A lot of the public does. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, the public does. I'm sure. Well, so we've covered, you know, the COVID discounts are still available or you'll still be giving them. Mm-hmm. Flood discounts are still available. Mm-hmm. They need to come with talk proof. to you. With, with proof. proof. Yes. They need to come talk to you and they need to provide proof. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to, to throw in today? Yes. On our office, one of the things, McHugh, that people need to realize is that our lobby is closed. Some people are opening back up. We're in our busy time. I have to get these numbers out. You shut me down for See, last year when the, the offices were shut down, we couldn't shut down. Right. We had to keep going because we, we knew what we had to do. Right. And so we just kept going. So I have to have people in there doing their job. If we start going down, I'm not overstaffed. So if somebody goes down, somebody else has got to pick up that work. And if another one goes down, we've got to pick up that work. So we've got to have people in there doing all their work. So we've got it closed to the public. If you need to, to talk to us, call us. We will step out. We would Look, we've had no problems doing all that. We're getting our work done, and people are getting satisfied. Uh, we're fixing to put a situation into our uh, uh, front door like a bank. That okay. We can push the thing out, and you can put all your papers in. We can pull it back in. We can go do all your work and hand it back out to you. Okay. We're trying to go as con- uh, to as much non-contact as we can. Now, we know you can't do that completely without an office. I got it. Sure. There's going to be sometimes you're going to have to do it. But we're trying to be diligent in what we do. So we're and having to, the option, of And course. having the option. And so we're trying to make sure that our people stay safe. The vaccine is going to help a lot. And when they open it up more, that's going to help. But right now, you still have cases of COVID. We had a spike not too long ago. And so we're trying, you know, we're diligent about wearing a mask in our office. I'm very careful about when I go out, you need six feet at least, uh, hand me your papers, but please stay over there. So we're, those are things that we're trying to do. We're not, it's not a deal that we don't want to see the public. It's, we're trying to get to a point to where we can see the public. Right. And, and so if we can go through all this and get it all uh, taken care of, then we can go back to normal. And keep that efficiency going. Yes. There's no reason, and keep the efficiency going while being safe. That's right. There's no reason to not be safe if the option is That's available. right, if the option's there. Now, another thing that I'll tell you real quick, and I know that we're getting down to the time, but I am in, uh, uh, expanding our mapping department. 
one of the things that I'm working on now is when I built the building out there, we put another section in the middle. We got the back section that was owned by the sheriff's office, the clerks, and the judges. But in the middle there, I put another section. Right now it's being rented. I thought it would be smart since I didn't need it right now to build it, rent it for future. Because what we do a lot of times, we build too small, and then we can't go anywhere. Right. So I've got another area there. Well, I'm going to probably within the next two or three years expand our mapping system to where it's not just one little area. We're doing fine with it, and the parish is being able to use it, and a lot of our uh, insurance, I mean, uh, real estate agents and everything are being able to use it, our entities. But we're going to have an entrance to the Livingston Parish mapping system not the assessor's mapping system. I'm going to, I've already given it to the parish, but it is going to be completely uh, staffed, run, everything by people of the parish. Uh, I'm talking to Mr. Ricks about uh, trying to get that done, and we will have a full-blown Livingston Parish mapping system. Okay. It will have, include all the flyovers. So within the next couple of years, that's, that's our goal. Wow. So yeah. uh, it. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. I'll bring it up briefly. Uh, probably an, another thing that has helped move those ratios up higher uh, might be another thing that kind of got you that Assessor of the Year designation. Uh, there is a mapping system out there. You can find it on the Assessor's website. It's very interesting. Uh, it's not complete mm -hmm. because, as you said, there's still some properties that haven't had to take measure taken to them, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but it is a very interesting and comprehensive map that allows you to drill down property by property to see ownership, property value, that sort of thing. And a lot of times if people have questions, you know, it's a good place to start. It's a great place to start. And we have the flyover now that is one pixel. That right. thing goes all the way down. You can see a golf ball on the green. Right. Whereas before you saw the fuzzy and everything, you, it, it's, it's incredible what this thing has done. So that has improved our assessments a whole lot. And if you go on our map, sometimes you'll see three question marks on a piece of property. Mm -hmm. That means that we can't find who owns it. We just know that there's an assessment. We don't know who owns it. We can't get it out of the clerk course. So I've now uh, contracted with a company to come in and do nothing but those question marks. Because if it doesn't exist, you know, you've got pop property that's sold. Used to, it was 10 acres more or less. You go down to the wagon wheel, you take a right, and you go down to the sure, oak tree sure, and yeah. everything. Well, you may lose sections. They've, they've sold, but because of the way the new description comes out, it leaves a section out. Mm -hmm. Well, that may be what it is. It may just be that we got to close it up, or we may find that there's real property there. Right. And so we're in the process now of making sure that a map is never complete. Sure. It's always changing because we had how many uh, home sales you say you had this year? Twenty five hundred, roughly. Yeah, roughly twenty five hundred. Just on, just well, on. that's twenty five hundred changes right there, and that's not counting breakouts. That's not counting transfers. That's not counting uh, deaths where people now get ownership of a forty acre pl plot, and there was four kids, and there's ten. Yeah, that's just so, sales of detached that's single just sales. family homes. That's just sales. So the mapping is always going to be about ninety five percent. It's it's just not going to get more net. We're about ninety three. And I sure. told them, I said, where's the other 2%? And they're like, man, come on, give us a break. We just started this thing. Right. I said, let's get it to 95. Right. If 95 is what is considered. Let's get it to 95. I'm always striving to make it. I want to be one of the things that I said when I was elected 20 years ago. When I leave, I want Zach and Caroline Taylor to be able to say that when my daddy was there, he did it right. Right. Now, when I leave, it's theirs. But as long as I'm there, I'm going to do it right. My people are going to have integrity. My people are going to treat you with respect. They're going to be honest about it. And they're not going to be in a situation to where because you know somebody, you've got to break. 
Right. That was proven this last year when the auditors come in. Sure. One of the things that was said was, oh, he gives his friends breaks and everything. Former employees are saying these things. Okay, where are they at? Oh, we can't find them because they don't exist. My mother's paying taxes. I promise you, you're going to have your assessment. Right. If she at 79 years old, if hers is dead accurate, yours is going to be accurate. Right. That's the way I'm trying to run it. Right. Okay. And what you were uh, discussing was, you know, uh, there is a legislative auditor's office. If you don't know about it, uh, not enough time to talk about it today, but they did come in uh, to the assessor's office. Spent a lot of time. 11 months. In your office. Uh, And walked out and congratulated me on the fact that you run a good office, you run a clean office, and congratulations. That's what they told me on the way out. That's not done very often. Sure. No, no. Uh, His name is Daryl, and Daryl quite often finds something. He finds something all the time. And then on this one, he couldn't. And we were very proud of that. So again, uh, Mr. Jeff Taylor and your beautiful locks, thanks for <laughs> thanks for coming in this morning. We appreciate it. And please remember that if you are still suffering uh, from the flood, you can contact his office. You have to have proof, uh, but they will help you uh, with your assessment on your property until you get those repairs finished. And of course, there will be another COVID-19 break with property taxes coming up this next year. So again, sir, thank you for taking the time. We appreciate Man, it. Thank you for helping me get the word out. I appreciate you more than you know. Thank you for everything you do for the parish. And uh, again, my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate you guys joining us today for the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show. Please remember we're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week in print on Thursdays, and we are online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. We hope you have a great day, and we will catch you next time.